You know objective truth, Darwin? Math. That's not objective truth. Math is objective No, it's not. Yes, it, it doesn't is. It fully describe reality. There's no chance you've objectively described reality. You haven't. Let the record show that Lauren is bored. Welcome to Darwinism. I'm Matt Lofton. I'm Darwin. Here's where we talk about politics. Trying to evolve the conversation. Ah, ah, uh, that's so horrible, horrible. Welcome to Lofty Darwinism. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a change of tack today. Like, we're going to actually buckle down, talk about something that is not politics. And I decided that it would be nice if we talked about the new iPhone. Because, you know, I don't know. It's like that's probably going to affect our lives more than Donald Trump will. Well, Who first, knows? It's hard to say. Depends on whether nuclear war happens. Do you even want one, Darwin? And do you want an 8 or do you of want an X? Of course I want one. What do you one. mean, of course you want oh, one? Of course the I want one. The X doesn't look shiny. that good. Like, no. I mean, this Are is... Are you kidding me? I mean, it looks great. It, it's like all screen. Like, what? <laughs> oh, because what I'm <laughs> missing know? in my life is screen time. Because <laughs> what I need is more screen for my phone. Look, Apple Apple is about like what is it? Those those fleeting moments of excitement and then you get it and then it just sort of disappears into your and, life and, and and it becomes a part and, of you. And then you start like realizing that the rest of your life sucks, but at least you have like this shiny screen that you can disappear and into. And I'm telling you I was genuinely more excited about the 8 than the X when I saw it because the 8 is a practical, incredibly dirt like durable phone. Supposedly it's the most durable phone they've ever built. Like, which is why I like my 6 Plus, uh, 6S Plus, because it was the first phone they ever had to fucking replace themselves, and so it was the first phone they ever built with any quality behind it. So if you have a 6S, or a 6S Plus, and it's lasted a decently while longer than most of your iPhones, which now legally only are supposed to last a year, according to some crazy <laughs> thing I saw on the internet today, which may or may not be true, who knows. Um, <laughs> quality research brought to you by Lofty Darwinism. I watch Facebook just as much as all of you. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, like I'm so I'm sitting here with this dilemma of I really like my six. It's had some little problems for a little while, and I could pay 150 bucks for the deposit, or I could trade it in and go for the eight. Um, what do you think, Darwin? What do I do? What should I do? I'm on my, I'm at the end of my two years. Is this why we're talking about this? Is your phone at two years because you've had a 6S Plus as well? I, I, I've got a 6S Plus. Yes, I do. Darwin. Yeah. They control you our know, lives in bad ways. They do. They absolutely do. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I, I want the shiny one. I want the expensive one. I want this thing that makes me feel good about myself. And then I want to pretend like I'm the only one that has it. Darwin, you need to leave L.A. <laughs> you need to run really far, really fast. Because, like, yeah, pe- like, no, like, I mean, I'm driving around people all day in D.C. and playing tennis them, and, like, I don't think I've had a single conversation about the iPhone. And I'm interacting with a lot of different humans talking about tons of different things, and the iPhone has come out. This is what I'm telling you, Darwin. You're chasing the past. Like when Steve Jobs was alive, let's say, and any of these iPhones had any sort of excitement to them at all. Like instead, we're stuck with like mediocre like advancements. I think the eight, okay, I think the eight's a pretty decent like phone. And like an iPhone that'll steal your face if the cops can unlock if you don't turn it off. It's bullshit. It's 
bullshit. You know, yeah, like that, the, the face ID, let's kind of dive into that for a second because obviously that's a pretty big um, shift in the way that we use our, our cell phones. When you say that you haven't had any conversations about the iPhone, it is interesting how culture changes, you know, how – but but on, on some level, it, it's, it's also like – it's hard to get excited about an iPhone, but it's also it's your it's your constant companion. You know, you spend more time with your phone than you do with like another human being. It is your your little sidekick, right? And the the fact of the matter is that the most important technology company that creates personal cell phones just came out with a big shift in cell phone technology that whether you like it or not what's the shift will change the way what's the that shift you... what was so special okay. what was special well, about okay. this it was moderate moderate at best this no, no, no. I, I would disagree it was with a that. point I mean, five look, look eh. I, okay hold on the important thing is that e- even with the original iPhone, the technology existed for it, but Apple made it mainstream. And there are a lot of technologies that existed and a lot of other smartphones had that nevertheless really hadn't caught on yet. That now, with this new iPhone, particularly the iPhone X, are going to become mainstream. You know, Sorry. among them, let's start with the Face ID. Other companies have already tried Face ID, it did not work. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to be looking at your phone, and literally that's how it unlocks. Dude, okay, here's what I'm telling you. Upon Steve Jobs' death, they handed Tim Cook a leather jacket, put him on water skis, and had the whole company jump a fucking shark with the iPhone, okay? At about six. None of it is that revolutionary. The iPhone was revolutionary. They have continued to do the things that Steve Jobs would not have want to get had done to his phone the iPad the same way there is a stylus he was very much against that and maybe he's fucking wrong the man is dead so you know who knows if he's right but like I would rather discuss why I hate anytime someone is compared to the Steve Jobs of X the Steve Jobs of you know, like Ray Dalio is on Tim Ferriss' podcast. He's made billions of dollars as a financial investor. And he's the Steve Jobs of investing. Like, Steve Jobs was kind would of a you, dick. And uh, wasn't would, that... Okay, but hold okay. on. Would you agree that the iPhone changed life as we know it? Yes. And that's what I'm saying. The iPhone, like, one maybe to, like, five or six at best. Like... Okay, we have wireless earbuds. What what was seven? Like I didn't even give a fuck. Okay, so so here here is Sorry, um, I shouldn't curse one so of my much. We gigantic have... takeaways from the from the way that this is actually gonna change. Because obviously the face ID is interesting, but it's a perk, right? The 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 thing that is changing, and again, the technology already exists. But Apple, I think, in a way that is really hard to fathom is really putting its thumb on the scale of augmented reality. Yeah, okay. AR. And I think it's worth really examining at the outset what that's going to do. I mean, do you remember earlier? I think it was this year. It was last summer. Maybe it was two years ago. You know Pokemon what I'm about Go. to talk about. And that faded Pokemon off like Go. crazy because no one else wanted it. Like I it know died. it did. Darwin, okay. augmented reality but, but is dead. It will never I, come back. I went on Just a kidding. vacation. No, 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 that's true. The day I went on vacation, no Pokemon Go. 
When I got back four days later, everybody was talking about Pokemon Go. Now, in LA, you still, or at least until very recently, would, would see a bunch of young kids walking around on their phones, and you glance over, and they're looking for Pokemon. Look, it's amazing you can spell lemming without L.A., okay? Like, I'm sorry, but you're just, like, the Pokemon Go phenomenon proves why augmented reality is nothing more than a feature and is not a game changer. Like, we might, we may eventually get there. Well, to the fuck that. Everyone who predicts the future the way I'm doing that now is eventually wrong. I just don't think that Pokemon Go is that good of an example. It didn't and stick that, with And that's people. my point, is that, like... The, the fact of the matter is we create our own realities. We create our own destinies. And Apple just said augmented Wait, just, reality just is the next step. That's what they said. You, they may be wrong, but Apple has the heft and weight to our, make it so. I think some of so. our listeners would like me to push back on the, uh, the fact that we create our own future. I need you to, <laughs> I need you to explain how you're going to justify that claim, homie. Like what? what do we, how, I, I'm not saying you're right or you're wrong, but I wouldn't maybe have made that claim on a public podcast. How do we create our own future, Darwin? Tell me, it's through Woo Woo West Coast. Woo Woo West Coast. Well, with a whoa whoa whoa. Well, God, I got nothing. Not, but with a fucking like hefty goddamn company like like Apple with a giant spaceship headquarters. That's how. That's how <laughs> they say it. So it becomes so. Like. Money, 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 money. You you throw enough money at it, it happens. Right. That's how you do this it. This has just become Mad Money with Jim Cramer, a.k.a. Darwin. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's... It, I mean, if you want to talk about... No, I'm not even going to do it. I, if you want me to make this... I can make this about our president really quick and talk about phones and the fact that he still uses an Android if we want to go there. Like, it doesn't change the world. <laughs> One of the, Like, somebody in the future... Like, let's just say this... Like, the the Donald Trump is arguably the worst baby boomer, but like let's play this out fifty you know thirty years in the future. Who's the worst millennial that could be could be uh could be named president and they're using you know could be elected president and they're still using an iPhone eight or like an iPhone when like we're not like and it's completely hackable like I you know like it's it's very like I don't think that that many things are going to change like there's just going to be new tools and the same idiots using them right like it's yeah it's mm -hmm. I don't think the, I don't, especially don't think these iPhones really change anything that much like I don't think face recognition changes anything I think it's a 1% change like maybe I'm wrong about that one maybe all together maybe the 7 different 1% changes or a tipping point into a new world that iPhone X is unleashing upon us. I don't know, buddy, but it doesn't seem like it. <sighs> okay, but, but you, it would have been so easy to say the same thing about the iPhone itself. It was just the internet, no! you know, in our no! pockets. You know, like, but it, like, it, it's hard to examine exactly how this is going to change our social behaviors. But then, when you have these moments, the like like if you take a take stop stock excuse me of the past ten years or so, or or however long like thirteen years what since since the initial initial iPhone, you're looking at all of these moments that are flashpoints in our current history like the Arab Spring the Black Lives Matter movement none of these things would have been 
uh, like would have existed in the way that they exist anywhere close to it had it not been for the iPhone specifically. And you don't have to own an iPhone to have been affected by it. The idea that it changed our show's social behavior, right. it launched the capacity to tweet from anywhere, to Snapchat Fair, from anywhere. Any These brand, are all any brand social changes with Twitter. And what I'm telling you though is like you are acting like the fifth iteration of Rocky is the is the Oscar winner here. Okay? Like this isn't what like phones are like this is the iPhone X, which if I was going to make up a marketing name for it like that I wouldn't actually ever use would be the iPhone X, especially when it's an actual Roman numeral, which is ten, and they use numbers and they're on only on eight. So like it's dumb. It was literally how can we market a phone for over twelve hundred dollars? And you know what? They're paying people with podcasts right now to talk about their phone. And you know who they're not paying for this fucking time, Darwin? Us. We are not being paid by Apple for this. And that is what I resent uh, the most. We'll, we'll, we'll send them a bill. We'll send them a bill. <laughs> um, you know, a hot take on the iPhone by Matt Lofton. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. But I, I have to say, on I've been... I've been carrying water for the iPhone X this whole conversation, but to be honest, I actually was a lot more excited personally by something else that they announced, and that was the the Series 3 watch. Okay. To me, actually, that's far more revolutionary okay. than the new screen, and the reason is you it's got cell service now. Okay. Like, it's, it's a watch with cell service. You know what that means? You can leave your fucking phone behind. Okay, yeah. You can go places and leave your phone behind. Like, I think it still has to, like, pair with a phone. But, like, it, it, it's something that you're, you're, like, it's not big enough to, like, just constantly be scrolling through it absentmindedly like you are, you know, like, like you just, just, like, get into that habit. It's something specifically for notifications, you know, and a couple simple tasks, and that's it. You know, and it can play music. So, uh, like, uh, on a certain level, you're actually looking at a an announcement by Apple this week that was not actually the iPhone that was probably even more revolutionary. Because I would love to just take a watch with me. Then just take a watch with you. Leave my no, fucking phone. No, get a flip phone, Darwin. Like they still make them. Look, 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 get okay, a laser. Okay. But here's the I thing. I don't care. Uh, you, no, you, you know, you don't you know get that, to like. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no. You know that you've got to be on call as a freelancer, especially, right? You know, I've got clients. I need to be on my phone. I need to be reachable, uh, even if I, you know, like, um, you know, turn it to mute sometimes. And I'm not obviously the best person. Darwin, no. You of all motherfuckers <laughs> in the world can go to a flip phone because you are already very good at not. Actually, you've gotten better. You've gotten better because we do this podcast every week. So thank you for that. But no, Darwin. You, your problem can be solved with a, sw- a flip phone. What you're saying is, I need more solitude, and in order to do that, you're going to need an expensive ass watch. Like that's dumb. It's cheaper than the new iPhone, first of all. So, and like, there's Darwin, that. Darwin Carlisle. Additionally, look seriously, seriously. I mean, think oh, about yeah. it for a second. The idea that you're t- lo- talking about people who can be reached without taking their phone with them. 
Yeah. And they can go on vacations, they can go on hikes, they can go like out and about in the city. You don't need your fucking You're phone. You're taking on your you. phone with you. It's on your wrist. Your phone is on your wrist. We're talking about okay. a wrist cell phone, important which I think difference. we thought about in, like 1982. In, important difference. You can't scroll the web on that fucking watch. It's too small. Again, this was solved long before we had an iPhone with a razor or a pebble. Like, they've got those little June bug phones on, you know, on, on TV for 80-year-olds. Darwin, no, no, no. Okay, imagine for a, a second. step counter, you, you have a problem. You sidle, this is what this is. You sidle into a bar, right? And you look around, and suddenly you've noticed that everybody who would be lost in their phones because they're bored isn't because they have no fucking phone and that's true even if they've got one of those watches on they uh, you you don't go to that watch as yet a, a, like like Darwin, that's where a lot of us spend like 80 percent of our on days that watch and people are gonna be on their goddamn watch darwin no okay but at least for a year can we appreciate the capacity to not be on like uh, on that watch to actually like look up and Dar around darwin. and not to not to mention Augmented reality will probably have a substantial portion, like part to play in that as well. When you're talking about like they already brought Pokemon Go to the watch, they did, they did. They, it like lights up when you're like near Pokemon, like that. So you're t you're talking about an entirely an entire new shift in the way that we experience smartphones. And the important here's well, I, I can't say this enough. The social behavior that I'm keen to change, and I want to change it myself as much as anybody, people just turning to their phones and tuning out reality because it's easier, because it's simpler. Because on your phone, there's all sorts of pizzazz and information. leave your phone in your car for a fucking hour, dude. When, when was the last time you did I, that? A lot. I, don't, I no longer walk my dog with my phone. I don't. I decided not to. I try. Oh, well, that's I nice. Have, like, that's nice. Darwin. I know this is a problem, but you're like the person who just has too much shit, and instead of throwing things away, you buy a filing cabinet that you never use. So now you have too much shit and a filing cabinet, you know? Okay. And, like, that's I, what you're doing. Hot take. I've been going minimalist for a while right. now, so I have crammed all my stuff into a little and studio I'm, while Matt has a giant three-story townhouse. I, I understand <laughs> that, you that have a concept, bunch of junk in. <laughs> and I'm trying myself, but I'm not deluding myself into believing I'm recondoing my mind by adding an iWatch. Well, I do. I do believe that. I do I believe mean, that. I, do, I think that I am recondoing my mind. If that's uh, it. Marie, if that's you're a not phrase, I, I'm going to steal that. By I'm recondoing my mind. That allows you to be even more distracted. <laughs> that's name of the episode, by the way. Recondoing It's recondoing your mind. It's recondoing. <laughs> Uh, oh, Marie Condoing. Yes, because it's the I condo method, right? Recondoing. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Condon. It's C. No, it's C O N D O. K O N D O. K O N D O. It's condo. Maria There's condo. There's no N at the end. I'm, no, no, no. Con condon. I think it, 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 it. We'll we'll see. I guess. Okay, whatever. Either way, Darwin, <laughs> you are not actually simplifying your life with an iWatch. I I think I am because if you leave your phone at home and you've, all you've got is a watch that can send you a text. Like and a couple of other bells and whistles that aren't like that interesting, you're not going to be on your watch. 
Like you just won't be. Like you just can't be. Like it's just not. It's just not that type of machine. You you just cannot. Even if they could make it bring that power, it's just too friggin' small. It's too small to look into it and actually experience the web. But you can. You like how how many times you go to your phone and just start scrolling through websites? Like what are your favorite news websites? Like I mean, I'll scroll on Facebook or Twitter all the time if I'm going to. Yeah, yeah, okay. And you do that on your phone. Yeah. And how many times a day would you say you do? Darwin, I understand it's a problem. I don't think that I yeah. need iWatch to I, fix you, it. I think you, I need to put down my, my phone. You, I need to, I you need can't to do that. I need to not have my phone <laughs> next to me. I need to put it in the other room and be okay with that for an hour. That's what needs to yeah. happen. I don't need yeah. to lengthen the cord, okay? There's no one who's calling in this time that I couldn't call back. I need to not be so fucking anxious about these things. I know it's a problem, Darwin. I just don't think you're solving our problem here. If you had a corporate client, like if you had somebody say, hey, I'm going to give you $100,000 to do a job for me, Matt, you, 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 you'd lose that philosophy that you've got right now pretty quick, I think. Right? Like, you know, because in, in the corporate world, in the modern world, and especially not a Darwin, there's this thing called setting world, expectations with your for, clients. For self-employed people, like, you, you need to be at their beck and call a little bit. And, yeah, you can push back a little bit, but, you know, like, you, you lose clients. And I have lost clients, of course, by not getting back in a time, timely manner. It's a tough thing. But, you know, like, it's, it's, not, it's easier said than done. So okay, As long as you me, tell then, yourself that. It is very hard to keep your phone in the other room. I don't tell myself those things. I tell myself that anyone who is going to need to be... Like, there's so few times, and we've discussed in this podcast, you can go back and run the tape, about how rare it is that urgent. And how rare you actually have to deal with anything like this. And so, you know what? I'll use your own words against you. Darwin, I think you set expectations for clients that if you're not near... And by the way, you've set expectations for your friends. Fine about this. But not returning their car. You're, you're going to do fine, Darwin. Just leave the phone in the other room when you're <laughs> editing. Dive in. You can come back in an hour. Maybe 55 minutes. I don't care. If you want to get a watch, get a real watch. Like, you're fine. What, what watch would you recommend? I don't know. A fossil. I have no idea, man. I a fossil? I'm going to okay. go get a Timex. I don't care. Like, if it tells time <laughs> and that's what you're worried about, you know, do that. But no. You know, it, it, it beckons the question, like, how much could you get through life if you didn't have, like, access to the internet? I don't know. A lot. We got to the internet without access to the internet. Yeah, but we with with people that were, no offense, a lot smarter than, than we are all collectively now. Are, we're all, are, like, are with, they? With, I mean, maybe they were. They had different skills. Yeah. I mean, we would just try to they, refigure yeah. it out. Yeah. We, we, we live in an era where everything is like, you know, a, a few clicks away. So it's hard to, I don't know. I, I think it's hard to what? figure things out. Like, I, I would, I, what, one area that I think is concrete would be navigation. I think that a lot of us aren't as good at finding our way around cities that we live in as we, we were back before smartphones. I, I think that smartphones kind of like allow us to just plug in the directions we drive there and we're not necessarily right. Humans outsource memory to, to other memory. humans and other devices. We outsource our memories yeah. to each other. Darwin, we outsource yeah. tasks and to we, our partners. We like so we've we've been outsourcing like a mofo for a long time. Well and Darwin, it's saying, created jobs, okay? It's the free trade <laughs> of the mind. Alright? And <laughs> you know you know, mental NAFTA has just paid dividends for everyone, all right? Like, that's all I'm going to tell you. Okay, well, I'm going to throw Matt a bone real quick because I kind of am now interested. Let's go to the break. 
come back and do a little bonus on Hillary Clinton's new memoirs. What do you say? All right, buddy. I came to First Class Reels. I was trying to find someone to do my reel for me. The reason I wanted to get my reel done was because every like, agent I'd run into or manager would be like, so can I see some of your work? And I'd be like, I don't have a reel. When we were done and I sent it out to people I've been networking with and I got an agent out of it. And right now I'm talking to a manager after they've seen my reel. So it really was bang for my buck. Like, I got exactly what I wanted. So first class reels, do it. You will not regret it. Trust me. All right, and we're back. So uh, I'm the idiot today who sat through four interviews before, and eventually I will listen to her book, Hillary Clinton, uh, What Happened uh, as a book. And she's so much better as a loser than she was while she was campaigning in these interviews. Uh, Is she? Oh, she's way better, honestly. Like, she's not like, she's not good, but she's better <laughs> by a lot. And the truth is, like, I think, you know, like, Bill Clinton's kind of a liar. I agree with him on a lot of stuff, but he's like, I think Hillary Clinton is so worried about being seen as a liar that every moment was so mm -hmm. calculated. Like, she was going to come out with a bunch, she came out with a thousand proposals, but she literally thought that if she didn't have the details about how she was going to solve her idea, that she'd get nailed to the wall on that. When her opponent can't spell details. And so, <laughs> like, you know. And with Bernie Sanders, he was willing to pitch the big idea, and even though he didn't have the details, and she was like, well, I, I would just be happy. Like, she held herself to the standard she worried they would hold her to. She never tested that standard. She never tested mm -hmm. the bold ideas, the big future, the broad vision. And so what happened, yeah, there's James Comey, there's the Russians, there's all of this, but she never had a proactive message that could have distanced... Uh, herself and her margin of victory past those things um, you know and that's and so like I think it could be a, a two word book of I, I lost um, but uh, that I mean it, I, this is you know it was painful it's painful to hear them recount that night like it's painful to, she Darwin according to the last interview I listened to her they didn't even write a concession speech you know how fucking stupid that is? It is, it is malpractice. Uh, wait, wait, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, okay. You, um, when you're a speechwriter in your presidential campaign, or you're in a Senate campaign, how, if you're going to ever have to give a speech, you write both speeches. You write both know, but, uh, speeches, uh, Darwin. Uh, you don't okay, tempt what I fate. Do, I, I do remember uh, pretty vividly Mitt Romney didn't write a concession and he speech lost. either. Yeah. So Darwin, you write so, both speeches. Obama wrote both speeches. <laughs> you write both speeches. Okay. You yeah, always write like, both speeches. You know, you know, yes, you, you do, or you lose. I, right now, until you can name someone else, you lose. You would you, you, you do not tempt the fates like this. The, like I'm sorry, like it's arrogance. It's just indicative of a level of arrogance. You want to have. You want to be prepared for both outcomes. You want to at least give lip that service. Arrogant. I, okay, look, I, I think you kind of like the moment that you write the concession speech, there's a little part of your mind that entertains the possibility of losing. And I honestly think in a contest this competitive, you have to kind of have this blind fervor. No. A true capacity to focus on the, the win. The problem is that wasn't what she was focused win. on. She wasn't focused on the win. She was focused on the not losing. 
So you have to have a winning I win speech and a I lost speech. But all she was focused on was don't lose, don't lose, don't lose, not Trump, not Trump, not Trump. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And like never a proactive message. All defense, all defense, all defense. And at the end of the day, when there's no proactive message forward from her because she doesn't go for the essentially universal basic income through an increase like essentially alaska for america she want to call it because she's not that good at branding the alaska trust and entitlement that comes to them through their oil rights and their mineral rights she wanted that for the united states because we all have minerals here we don't the oil companies don't pay enough to drill in this country and that money could go to united states citizens but like all of that was left on the cutting room floor because she's so smart that she put up her own roadblocks. Like, but you know, like I think that that is uh, the great tragedy of the Democrats is the you're so smart, but dot dot dot. And there are more than one ways to be smart. There's more than one ways you know, to be smart. Yes. Is that? Is that, that grammatically nope. correct? There, there's more. There's more than one way to yes. be smart. Yes. <laughs> but you're right, darling. I, for instance, am grammatically challenged. I, I am too, darling. I am too. It's amazing when you try um, to say anything like that. How you always come off dumb. Like there's no. You'll always say something incorrectly. I think our listeners know that about me uh, already, yeah. that I, uh, you know, ha- have have my own unique kind of intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, Hillary Clinton definitely came across as a technocrat, but technocrats, um, I think a lot of uh, people have, uh, like, anecdotal evidence from their lives of people who are book smart but not street smart. And I think that that was fundamentally how Hillary Clinton came across to a lot of people was yeah she may have known the issues but could she actually understand basic social cues you know that that seemed to be lacking she could under certain groups of people she understood the social cues of the elite incredibly well like she understood the don't offend anyone politics of the elite incredibly well all of these interviews she's doing with NPR and Crooked Media and uh, Ezra Klein and all of those, right? I mean, she's not socially ungraceful. She's amiable and personable. And, like, she didn't know how to, like, go buy milk at the store and be normal. She didn't know how to, like, be a normal human. It had been too long. She was very detached from the average people. And also, it wasn't what she felt anymore. Like... She says she's for, you know, the poor, and she is, but it's not really like... If, if She really wanted to be president. She didn't really want... Like, she wasn't out there talking about ending poverty in this country, or even getting poverty better, but she, you know, like... The things that she values were actually not the front of her campaign. It was, I'm the first female president. She's incredibly qualified. She's one of the most qualified person ever run. And yet, she's, like, yet she did not, you know, have a proactive message about her, about, about her, about what was going on, going on. And, like, then everything could take you down. And and she made a, a very clear decision that was painstakingly obvious from, to everyone from the very beginning to just be as uh, uh, um, obtuse as possible, to be as 
uh, oh, excuse me, as opaque as possible, to just be as insular as she could, let Donald Trump sink, him, sink himself, and just ride out the wave to the election. I mean, to clearly the, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it depends on what you, you know, mean by like, opaque. I think she actually was incredibly detailed on everything, except to the point at which you can't think of any one thing because she gave you 45 plans. If you look, if you look at her agenda, it was long, it was massive, it was detailed. It was completely on like talkaboutable to anyone else like but like every one of the bullet points she, on her page was filled okay she fainted and got carried to her vehicle mid like mid speech and didn't say anything about it didn't like didn't joke didn't didn't connect yeah because just she pretended out. it didn't happen that's because they were freaking you know? out the whole campaign was freaking right? out that, exactly they were it, and that's how it came across it was just that they were so freaked out that people were going to read them the wrong way, and that is such a like like uh, th that is such a, a a weird thing to look at another human do doing. It seems so condescending, and I I honestly think that the there there is perpetually some satisfaction I am taking, and you all know that I friggin' hate Trump. Truly, I like I, I have a true animosity for the man and everything that he's doing in office. I nevertheless am really happy at how it is affecting liberalism and causing them to actually question themselves and question what do they actually stand for and not against. Because as much as the Republicans well, came across as the party of no, it definitely well, seemed like Democrats stood for being angry. Well, guess what they stand for now? Republicans they stand for Chuck and Nancy getting the debt ceiling passed and, and hurricane relief done, and that's what they stand for. Like I, it, we will, we are not even going to discuss the Chuck and Nancy Donald Trump pivot because it's lasted like a week. He hasn't creeped, like freaked out yet. So we're going to wait till next week to see if he's still on like the bipartisan train of life. But yeah, I mean, legitimately, like Darwin, you have to release this kind of soon because, like, uh, you know, we'll see if he can hold it. But until now, there's been no evidence that he can like stay in a straight walking a straight line you know to keep things going and the democrats stepped forward with a plan and he said yes the way the republicans stepped forward with a repeal and replace and did nothing right like the two experienced legislators won the day and donald trump hopped on the win Right. And uh, to be clear, I never hated Hillary. I never, ever did. I never thought she was this horrible person. I didn't think that she was extra corrupt like no. a lot of people thought that she was. I do think that she kind of colluded with the Democratic National Committee to uh, exclude Bernie Sanders from getting the nomination. I think um, that that is, is perhaps even more on the shoulders of Debbie Wasserman Schultz than it is on Hillary Clinton. Good old Dallas. Um, so it's not like she... Yeah. It's not like she wasn't corrupt. I don't think she was extra politically corrupt. I just think we have a corrupt system. I didn't find her to be unprepared for office. I didn't find her to be a bad person. I honestly actually felt like she was pretty human. I just ultimately didn't – like she, she's obviously – I think we can all universally agree that she's just a bad politician, if not a bad president policymaker she's definitely a bad politician does not have sure. political instincts very well and she's just she's just representative of a part of our culture that a lot of us hate which is sure. people hiding behind these poll tested bullshit political like manufactured like you know like the sound darwin bites. i don't think that's uh, like, it darwin for you that. i think you're let's lying to yourself that. 
I think that you have mom issues. Your mom's a politician. <laughs> and you're really just, you know, anti-feminist. And your all of your issues with Hillary Clinton were about her being a female. And I'm sorry that that's how this right? manifested. You know, like that that's how it felt to a lot of people, you know, like another affirmative action vote, But she was know? so like, qualified. Like, yeah, right. that's the thing. I, mean, I, I, I I agree. Um but she's also a human being with flaws, like all of us. And yeah, she didn't and want the, to the those, grand, those were tough. The, the, the grand total of those flaws were manifold, you know? And I think were that... Paul Manafort? It, we can look, were what? They were Paul... Wait, <laughs> Manafort. Man, Paul Manafort going to jail. Okay, all right. We can lament the Trump effect, but I think that Hillary Clinton felt like a once-in-a-generation perfect storm of everything that we hate about politicians you know she's like a dynastic claim to the throne from someone who is not likable with a with with a very like 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 if not her then her supporters coming at it from a you vote for her or you're a bigot perspective it's well, just it was just too well, perfect of a storm to say you know what go fuck yourselves democrats well, you know do, it was just too easy well i mean and we could maybe leave it here but like it was ex- very explicit in 2008 when barack obama was running he never tried to and never wanted to run as the first black president first black candidate for you know, who, who could like what he want he was he believed he was the best man for the job i believed it i voted for him on that fact like I believe Hillary Clinton was the best person for the job in that race period, like man or woman, it did not matter. But a very part of the explicit messaging of that race was about her being a female and being the first female president. And I don't know that it was useful to her just being the best president because I think she could have made that case better. I think I think it, it is worth noting, just from my perspective, um, I do think that sexism played a big yeah, role in her losing. But like, like, it's and like all of the other things I'm saying, you know, like setting aside, I, I think it's impossible to ignore that we treat and perceive women leaders in a very different context than we perceive and treat men leaders. And all of these flaws that we're listing, I think a man would have had it would have stuck to him less, particularly the whole boring thing or, you know, technocrat or like, you know, like all of those things. I think that ultimately, if she had run the exact same campaign as a man, she would have won sadly. I do think that it is worth at least acknowledging in retrospect, and maybe it's not wrong to have voted against that, but it is worth noting that women have a damned if you do, damned if you don't. I, I mean, I think she ran politics. the female version of Mitt Romney's campaign. <laughs> and, like, that was not yeah, a winning yeah, campaign. kind of. And I think right. that, like, he was awkward and Mormon, and she was awkward and female, and, like, both of those things mm-hmm. sucked because, like, they're both good quality people who are qualified. Running against, well, I, I think Barack Obama was better than Mitt Romney. I have no problem saying that. Donald Trump is not better than Hillary Clinton. But, like, <laughs> you know, they both had, like, multiple strikes and then ran these boring technocratic, like... You know, like, and I, like I, I mean, Mitt Romney had policy stuff. He was just awkward the whole time. And, like, the, you know, every phrase he said was weird. Every one of them. Well, you know, history is written by the winners. And, obviously, Hillary Clinton has the capacity to lay her viewpoint uh-huh. down 
Um, so read this loser's think, book. That's what Darwin's saying. You know, you, Sorry. <laughs> Uh, what I would say is I think that it's it's good that this has come out now. We're going to get over it. Um, I think that you're really seeing the makings of the new Democratic Party with the new Medicare for All bill that's come out. Um, I think that I, you and I both have pretty much kind of nailed where the Democratic Party is headed. And, uh, you know, in our list of 2020, I think we, 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 we got like a lot of those co-sponsors on there and i think that they're all we'll going see what to happens for, yeah you know like how about just uh, like, a medicare and, and, and it's, like, it, it's worth it's worth just remind like re, like the moment the moment that republicans introduced their ahca bill medicare for all became the democratic party's platform forever and always and it will probably be a reality within the next 10 years i would imagine like i don't necessarily agree with that uh, as a policy prescription, but from a political perspective, I think that it's it's written in, you know, it's it's we there's no way that it doesn't happen at this point. There you go, uh, America. Darwin <laughs> is jinxing your chance for healthcare with this dumbass prediction. <laughs> so I'm sorry you're still sick in ten years because Darwin guaranteed this. So when you want to know why we don't have universal healthcare, it's because Darwin guaranteed that it's going to happen. So I think that's where we got to leave you. Is that. Uh, we don't have universal health care, and we're likely never to. So, thank you, Darwin. Lofty Darwinism. <laughs> Please like this, share us on Facebook, share us on iTunes. Yeah. Please review. Uh, we love communicate. Please, yeah, like please, we love all the Facebook comments, um, and we love doing these shows, and we have some great stuff coming out. Thank you, thanks everybody. Thank you all, Lofty Darwinism.